When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. DM to GM, I'm your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore, from Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm Sean Howard from The End of Time and Other Bothers. And we're here to answer your questions, help you feel more comfortable at the table. And we do that by asking you three questions, which we would love you to answer. More details at the end of this. But those three questions are, what game genre would you like to run? What systems are you familiar with? And which system or which system would you want to use? And what hurdles are stopping you from running the game that you are trying to run? And we have a great question from your friend, Devin. Well, I don't know if it's your friend, Devin. It might be my friend, Devin. But their handle is your friend, Devin. He's everybody's friend. (laughs) (laughs) I think we we call this one Fallout meets X-Men. So his answer to the first question, what genre does he want to run? He wants to run... Um, something he has in mind at the moment, a Fallout-esque genre based a little closer to reality uh, with more of a sci-fi than a fantasy setting. So like a, a futuristic X-Men type world. And with the added realization that their campaign would start with an accidental realization of an impending apocalypse. That I've never even heard of that. That's that's great. I should use that. S- somebody should do something like that. Yeah build a whole story around that um so one of the things about building a a real world s game that i find to be easier is that you live in the real world so you can pull things from your day-to-day and news stories um we actually did a, a campaign and it's coming out soon but it's based uh moon moon science moon space moon sci-fi stuff um, but at the time I was writing it, there was actually a whole bunch of articles about NASA, how they were trying to like find all of the moon dust that was given out as gifts. <laughs> so I saw that and it was like, oh, NASA's trying to like bring all this in because there's some secret science stuff they're doing. They don't want people to have it. And I used that. It was great. Uh, yeah. And I, I love the idea of um, accidental realization. And I guess I'm I'm wondering, you could go a couple ways from this uh, based on we're going to talk about with his later answers, but I was once in a campaign that we sort of played ourselves, but a little bit in the future who suddenly, you know, it's like you, it's like Spider-Man gets bitten by a spider, turns in. So we all sort of were transformed 
So that's another thing you can do with a campaign um, that you want to base sort of in the pseudo near term sci-fi. So it sounds like you've got the the, the setting worked out. Um, you want to run, uh, or you're currently running D and D mechanics. Your friend Devin says uh, he's brand new to DMing and to tabletop RPGs in general. Played first D and D game recently with parents, uh, sister, uh, her friend, brother, and his girlfriend. That's a big table. Yeah. Um, but good on you. I'm DMing an original campaign with those six people right now. It's all D&D mechanics. Some are improvised. So that's currently the only system that I'm familiar with. Um, D&D, like we mentioned in a previous episode, um, tends to heavily slant towards fantasy. Not that you can't do it with sci-fi and that sort of thing. There are mechanics built in, but um, some other ones that we might suggest uh, would be Fate Core is a really good one. Um, any of the Powered by the Apocalypse ones tend to lean more to narrative storytelling with less mechanics-based focus, I think is a good way to say it. But I haven't used it. I've heard of Hyperstorm. Uh, so Hyperstorm is a uh, it's basically a heroic science, science fantasy, science fiction slash fantasy for 5th edition. Okay. But uh, so it's a science fiction setting um, based around fifth edition um, and the open gaming license that, you know, our friends put out with when they relaunched the D&D fifth edition. So why can I remember Wizards of the Coast? So (laughs) it's at hyperstorm-rpg.com. Have not used it. Your friend Devin, that might be a fun thing to look at. And even if you just take ideas from it. I think where it can get a little challenging to do sci-fi and D&D is things like um, transportation, right? Space travel, uh, weaponry, armor. uh, And I think there are a lot of people who have uh, put together pieces that you can find online for a lot of that. So you could cobble it together as well. Um, But you could also look at a system that's sort of done some of that work for you and still using the mechanics you know. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of systems out there that have those already pre-built into your player's handbook or into your your game master's guide. Um, One that I played in uh, elementary school, I haven't played in a long time, but was Riffs by the Palladium uh, Publishing House. Oh, wow. Um, It's all, it's it's based in a future sci-fi world. Each of their setting books is just a different continent. And it's all like mech warriors and it's all very political based. So it has different um, soldier characteristics and guns, firearms and armor and all different classes that come like that. It's a it's a cool system. So I think as a new DM, there's nothing to stop you from going and trying a new system. You just have to learn the rules. There's something nice, though, about being able to use mechanics that, you know, It's nice to be like, all right, I've learned this one thing. I've played it only a few times. I think it's 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 nice to be able to start DMing because there's a lot of new things you have to do. If you can sort of be like, all right, well, I don't have to relearn everything. I just now need to do the other side of the table. Yeah, no, I think that leads us into his third question, which is um, that his table is absolutely, as as your friend Devin says, absolutely none of the other people around the table are natural, quote unquote, nerds like me, which caused a little bit of a rough start pulling them into the story. Um, He goes on a little bit to explain some of that, but um, 
The question he's asking is, how can I get them invested into the number one storyline, normal it down a bit so it's not as nerd centric as he as he has put it, and two, uh, their personas or characters they had created and give them um, a bit of what they really wanted from the get go. Wow, great questions. Uh, first of all, uh, just a quick shout out to your friend Devin. We're assuming we're using he, but just know that if you prefer a different pronoun, it's not on purpose. We just aren't sure. So uh, uh, I just want to say that. Um, wow, this is um. There's a lot here. Great question. Uh, my first thing that my brain does is it says we. I think we either help these people around the table play a character that's very different from themselves, or you cheat and let them play themselves. Because that can also be fun for people, right? To 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 experience and and to pretend. Um, and that's sort of where my brain goes first of all on how to get people in, to play more. If if they're into the game, then I think helping them become someone different than themselves, like by asking them questions. What does your character want? And you know, what do they need in the world? Like, what holds them back? What's their dream? Asking them questions like that. Um, why do they want to do this thing right now? Like, you know, or what, how do they feel about what just happened? Asking them questions about that will help people step into a character that isn't them. But some people, that's hard to do or they don't want to do that. And so you can also do the opposite, which is have them, you know, have dad play dad in the future after, you know, he gets the vision of the the apocalypse. Ways that you can tie them into that storyline along with it. If, if that's the setting, if it's a real world setting, absolutely let them play themselves. That's the easiest way to get them into a character. Um, if you are worried about where your inspiration is coming from, um, so what's movies and books and stuff you're pulling to build this world that you've, you're putting together, um, it could be as simple as asking the players at your table the kind of things that they like, the kind of things that they read and watch. Um, if it's something that you don't read and watch, maybe watch an episode or pick up a book and just figure out what interests them in a in a fictional sense. Um, and then start tying little bits of that for those characters and for those players into that world too. It could help just ground it just enough while still being... St- a little bit more than than normal life. Yeah, I really like that, Russ. I believe a lot in, you know, first session or planning when you're making characters. I The more I do things, you know, based on the apocalypse system, the more open the world building is in those worlds, right? So right. they often start with asking questions of the table. Like go around the table and find out if it's, you know, what are the shows they love, right? Shows that everyone, in, everyone knows at your table, like Russ is talking about. Um, you know, I'm going to use all old shows, but is it, you know, they like more like Firefly or are they more like Star Wars or, or Doctor Who Doctor or, Who, or yep. insert recent hip shows here, um, <laughs> right? But like find a show everyone loves around the table, right? It could be a sort of a sci-fi modern mystery show, whatever it is. And that I think will give you ideas of what to steal and just steal like mad. There is nothing wrong with that. People will love it. It's a great way to help your storytelling come along because uh, if you take a, a sitcom or a, you know, a serialized TV show, 
They have a firm beginning, middle, and end, which gives you your arc for whatever, however many sessions that you build. So you can set it up with that hook, that that murder mystery, that, oh, they found this body, or they found this apocalypse that's coming. Okay. You have a rough idea of how the characters in the TV show got there. Now kind of guide your players who you're trying to get to play more along that path. And maybe they find a new way or a different way as they're going. And then that opens up the world a little bit more each time you sit down and each time you let them contribute to the story that you have pulled from somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And spice you can pull, right? If people want to play a Star Trek, like if everyone on the table is like, we love Star Trek, whatever, then pull from that in the spices you add, right? Bring on the the one crazy character every episode. Everyone's going to love it, right? The uh, you can you can uh, play with the uniforms, right? Make them different, but everyone has to wear in certain colors. Those people die. Those become in jokes in your story that everyone will love playing because they love the show, and now they're like in the show, right? So you can pull spice in how things happen, or how phasers work, or teleporters, or absolutely. I'm playing a Firefly game right now, and we're about to, and I'm so excited because I just want to be in that world. So, like, if the GM steals from that world, I won't care. I'll love it, right? Because you know and you love that world, and you, yeah, absolutely. First of all, your friend Evan, congratulations on taking this leap and 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 trying to do this. I think it's amazing. I think you have everything you need here to try and run a game. You have a table that sounds like they're going to be pretty understanding too that you can all learn together. And Family's great like that. Yeah. Friends are great like that. Yeah. And just remember, the idea is to have fun. So, don't worry too much about planning or having all the right answers. Just focus on what's fun for the table. If they start having fun and laughing and leaning forward and getting into the game, just do more of that. Whatever it is that's doing that. If you're unsure in the moment what's what's pushing, what's what they're really liking, maybe they're kind of humming and hawing because they're still a little nervous to jump in, ask them after you're done playing. Say, yeah, that you know, end, end a session, great session, everybody. I just want to know, you know, what did you really like out of that session? What were you like? Meh, we could do a little bit without. That'll give you kind of the the points to hit harder the next time if they really liked you know that combat or that interaction with that NBC or the the clues for that puzzle trap that you you laid for them or that maze um, or that maze that they just spent the whole time in you never know what they're gonna like maybe people love mazes maybe. I don't know maybe, maybe it's just me but you find what they like and then you can do more of that and gradually expand them into other aspects tying those things that they really like into. Yeah. And let us know how it goes. And you too can send us your questions and we can help you send them to Russ and Sean over at our email, dm to gmcast at gmail.com. The questions that we have for you again, just to reiterate that we want you to answer linked down in the description there. What game genre that you are interested in running? It could be Cats in Space. It could be Steampunk Cowboys. It could be um, Fallout-esque something or other. The second question, what system are you most familiar with or which system would you want to use? Maybe it's something that you have some have some experience with. Maybe it's something that's entirely different that you've never heard of. And the third question, what hurdles are stopping you from running this game? Uh, we put the caveat of beyond finding people because... We, we, we can't help find you people. 
Thank you for listening to dm to gm If you have questions about getting your game started, send them to us, Russ and Sean. Our email is dm2gmcast at gmail.com. You can also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at dm2gmcast. You'll find all the links down in the description. In the meantime, get your game started. We'll talk to you soon. And together, we're your new super friends. <laughs> uh, make a bucket. Shape of water. Shape of, Shape water. of bucket. <laughs> the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Night has fallen. The moon is full. And we're inviting you to listen to Canada by Night, a podcast where professional improvisers play Vampire the Masquerade. Detective-turned-vampire Everett Fry accidentally becomes the sheriff of New Haven, an experimental town where they're testing if vampires and humans can coexist. Stuck leading a ragtag group of officers, the Bruja bounty hunter Val, the gangrel news reporter Evangeline, and the Tremere blood witch Doris, can Everett keep the town running? Or will everyone end up liquidated by the Vampire Council of Canada? Trending on global fiction charts and produced by Dum Dums and Dice, whose podcast Dum Dums and Dragons ranked number two of all fiction podcasts in America. Listen now to find out why Canada by Night has been downloaded more than a half a million times. Canada by Night, its interview with the vampire, if it had all the characters from Parks and Rec in it. <laughs>